Hello and welcome back to our fourth episode. How are you this week, my good friend? I'm good. I hope you're talking to me and not, I don't know, anybody else of course joining this Zoom with us today. Not at all, not at all, because this is a two-person chat that will never go out to anyone else's ears, not at all. Um, no, this, so this, this, this is the moment where I try and put some sort of intro on this podcast four weeks in. Um, mm. My name yeah. is Sean Ferry. Like I identify, job. yeah, exactly, yeah. My name is Sean Farrick. I identify as male and I know that I need a feminist babysitter. And for that, I have the wonderful Dr. Carol Quigley. Thank you. That's very sweet. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not sure it paints me in the best light, but you know what? Doesn't matter. No, it does because it proves you're an ally who's willing to have the conversation. And to be honest, that's all I'm looking for. Um, then... In which case, yay! Um, we we were speaking obviously just before we came on about what the mm. topic of this week is going to be about, and as always, as as you said in the beginning, as always, uh, there was content warning. This will, of course, we will cross over quite heavy topics this week. Uh, if you are joining us for the first week, just content warning now ahead of time, uh, and mm-hmm. then if you are coming back, you have a fair idea of what the the type of content is is discussed in this podcast but i suppose well, let's kind of jump into it because there really is no easy way to go to a lot of the topics no. we discuss in this podcast mm-hmm. um revenge porn yeah and actually i think just on the warning you gave there um you know if you if you're affected if you've been affected by revenge porn um or affected by any of the issues we talk about um please reach out to to relevant resources we can we can post a few you know contact the rape crisis center in your area contact women's aid whatever it is um please reach out and please please look for help and actually on that reaching out thank you actually to everybody who's been in touch with the podcast we're having unreal yeah. feedback yes thank the trolls you very haven't much. found us yet uh, or if they have they haven't come up with a, a handhold to go well actually so yes um yes it, it, there's been a couple of very very lovely messages thank you very very much mm. um and thank you for engaging that yeah, is thank you i really appreciate that uh, um anyone anyone who listens to a word of this and they come away with even as as, as little as huh i didn't think of that before that is engaging that that yeah. you know that is taking something on board and also look in no way will i ever claim to be the authority on anything here i am learning as i go um carol you are really helping me uh in terms of coming to understand a lot of the things that i hate to describe it like this happen both behind closed doors and in front of all of our faces and sometimes we just don't see it Mm. yeah so yeah yeah no and and that's very that's very kind of you thank you um i suppose i am the authority no i i would like to say i am an authority mm-hmm. um speaking about these kind of issues obviously based on my years of research and and my writings and all of that i am not the authority you know i do not have all of the right answers everything i say is not correct but i do take the time to try and consider um and and think about deeply what i say and 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 how i speak and that kind of thing um and i just hope that anybody listening to this comes with that same open mind that it's just about 
talking, learning and thinking about things maybe in a different way. Um, and yeah, as you said, starting to recognize the problems that are literally happening in front of us on a daily basis um, and, and connecting them. Because actually just before we started recording, we said we were, we were chatting about a few things there. And I was um, I was talking to you about um, one of my favorite Instagram accounts at the moment, Fixed It Ireland. Mm. Um, which if anybody doesn't know it's an Instagram page where basically they take headlines generally relating to kind of assaults and that kind of a thing um, and they 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 publish the original headline but then they cross sections of it out and write you know something that that really should be written there in its place so for example um, you know we have and based on what's just happened this week, we have an Irish examiner headline that says investigation ongoing following assault on girl 16 in Fermoy. And that's crossed out and it says investigation ongoing as man assaults teenage girl in Fermoy. You know, it's about naming things. It's about calling them out. But the reason I, I mentioned it to Sean was because just three hours ago, actually, um, they, they have a post up um, where they have several different headlines on the left hand side. So young woman hospitalized in Cork after brutal random attack investigation into random attack on woman in Cork. Gardaí investigating after teenage girl assaulted in random attack while out. Female primary school teacher 22 is beaten to death in random attack in popular area. Most female victims know their killers, but even but even rare random murders happen. And Fixed It Ireland have written um, on the infographic random. One quick Google search showed us that the word random has been used to describe a number of acts of male violence in the last few weeks. Men's violence against women isn't random, it is intentional. When we use words like random, we fail to connect each act of male violence and see the larger problem. We urge the media to stop using the phrase random attack when describing men's violence against women. And I think I, I think that's an excellent post and I think it's an excellent point they make, because if we see these incidents as random one off attacks, we fail to recognize the spectrum of abuse on which they lie um, and we fail to connect the you know, connect the dots between them and recognize that this is a larger problem that we even if we don't think we're aware of it, we are. It's in a way it goes to the power of obscuring with language it just mm -hmm. takes responsibility or it shifts responsibility it's like trying to say something without actually saying something um and i i write it's one of the things i do for a living so i do understand how you can phrase a certain thing in different ways because you are concerned about how it will be taken we live now in mm -hmm. an age where you can type anything and the shadowy people behind the keyboards are ready to go. Yeah. And this doesn't excuse removing the word man from the title of any of these uh, articles. But I wonder how much, let's say, I'm going to say the marketing department, just for, for argument's sake, the marketing department of these particular publications are just like, ah, listen, you know, yeah, we're reporting on the news, but we also don't want to get absolutely slammed with all of these men's rights groups. Can we just, just maybe take that word out? Just, you know, we're still going to report the news. We're still going to report the news. It's like, yes, but you're putting a spin on it straight away. So one thing that, so going into the research of this episode, there were, there was a couple of really depressing eye-opening moments, which is how recently it was legal to 
engage in the sharing of what we now come to call revenge porn, which I will get to the naming of that in a, in a bit as well. Mm. By recently, do you mean like two minutes ago? Uh, not far off, like in terms of the, the global scale, not far off it. Like we've had recording During the technology. Pandemic. You're like, that's depressing. I can't, you're actually, oh my God, I saw the date and didn't even, like that is during the pandemic, mm-hmm. Carol. Yeah, yeah. 2020 yeah. in Ireland. 2020, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I think. And I'll just read out here. So this is an article, a Politico article from um, December 17th, 2020. And um, it's, it says people guilty of online harassment and revenge porn in Ireland could face up to 10 years in prison as part of a bill passed with all party support on Thursday. So yeah, December, 2020. Um, and it was Brendan Howland, former leader of the Labour Party who, who brought it forward. Um, they unanimously approved the harassment, harmful communications and related offences bill more than three years after its introduction. Now, in fairness, its criminal sanctions will be the most severe for online abuse in the European Union. But, um, yeah. Like, gallows humour here, winning. But, mm. so, look, okay, for myself, gift horse in the mouth, it's there. I'm sickened it took so long, but mm-hmm. it's there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe in England, where we're looking at about 2016, um, there was a mm. case where, like, for what I have the I've had seventeen windows open in front of me here. Um, where is the one I'm particularly looking for? It's about a young woman who uh, there was an upskirt picture taken at a festival. She went to the police, and they were just like, "Yeah, that's really bad." Oh, really? And what are we going to do about it? It's not a crime. Mm. Now, this yeah. was in 2017. Mm. Um, now that case did end eventually with laws being brought in against it but 2017 I've had a camera phone since 2007 Hmm. Um, so like legally not morally but legally I could have taken an upskirt photo and shared it on there would have been very little repercussion yeah and even I was thinking about this um, in terms of of what we're going to talk about on this this podcast and I remember when I was in school and I think I was in third year so I was about 14 and um it was at the start of camera phones because I'm very old um like the iPhone wasn't a thing I'm not as old as you so it's fine but the iPhone wasn't a thing and I remember there was this whole story gossip whatever you want to call it um about this photo of another teenage girl so it would have been child pornography um a photo taken I think now this long time ago I think she had taken the photo herself up her skirt but you could see her uniform in it now I can honestly say I did not see the image myself um even at the time I remember going don't show me I don't want to see it but yeah that did the rounds and I think you could see the crest of her school on the uniform in it um and I have no idea who the girl was I had no idea what happened to her I have no idea why the photo well I mean why I have no idea why any of these photos are sent but I don't know why it was sent um but and I certainly didn't have the language or to be honest the maturity to understand 
what that was at the time and kind of name it for what it was. But I think that is the first time I have ever encountered this kind of violence. Um, and I think actually, do you know what? Will we do an L definition of, of what revenge, revenge porn is? Yes, absolutely. Because um, that might be helpful because I think a lot of people tend to think of the term revenge porn. They associate it with online sites set up maybe 10 years ago or so, whereby generally disgruntled exes, male exes would upload photos of um, their partners or ex-partners along with some story of she cheated on me she did this she did that and the point of the forums were for other men to comment on why she's a bad person all of this kind of thing so I think that's where that's where people think of think of in terms of revenge porn but now the terminology has kind of developed to a point where we're more talking about image-based violence um so it's not just about uploading something online it's also about sharing things and that kind of thing and i actually have a good definition um for for revenge porn here um so it's it's by matthew causey and it's from um a, a book chapter called the right to be forgotten and the image crimes of digital culture which is part of an edited collection called the performing subject in the space of technology through the virtual towards the real and he says another recent abusive and traumatic phenomenon in which explicit video or photographs which may have been created with consent from the data subject or exist as a selfie circulated through sexting are uploaded online without the consent of one or more of the subjects of the images an ex-partner who has been jilted or a bullying peer group generally perform the uploading and find revengeful satisfaction in the posting of the highly personal material. He goes on to state that it is an extreme form of abuse, bullying and invasion of privacy. Um, so yeah, uh, that is how I would define it. That's because I actually took that quote from my own PhD where I, where I had used it. And I'm going to be that person who quotes my own research later um, because I've written, I've written about this kind of extensively. Um, but that is that is one way of of defining it and and looking at it. So it is the deliberate sharing of content that may have been taken with consent, um, but you're sharing it without consent. Um, the Hazel Chu, the former Lord Mayor of Dublin, Mayor of Dublin. No, of is Dublin? she still the Lord? I think she's yeah. That one is on me. Shan't do your research. Um, but as I desperately attempt to check that, uh, she former Lord Mayor. Okay, great. Former oh, Lord Mayor. I mean, yes, I did my uh, I did my <laughs> research. Um, she actually released, sorry, uh, kind of a, a way of helping us understand that revenge porn, the phraseology is mm-hmm. problematic. Um, mm. because now I just I'm just gonna read her her quote here. It's called revenge porn, but I rather call it image sharing abuse or similar since revenge porn denotes that there is some sort of vengeance to be exacted, that the person is carried out on did something wrong to begin with when the truth is they did absolutely nothing wrong. Um, and this is a obviously a, a, you know, a larger idea of sexual shaming. Um, but a lot of the time it becomes this really powerful weapon that you can use against a person. The you keep yourself in line or I will release images of you. Mm-hmm. 
um, or you will do as I say, or everyone will think you're a slut. Yeah. Um, and if you don't do as I say, I'll tell everyone you're a slut anyway. Yeah. To be, to, to be honest. Yeah. And this, this can be from the most anonymous of private citizens right the way up to, you know, there was the, the great, the great big hacking there a couple of years ago where all the, these female celebrities images were released onto the internet by scumbags. Um, mm. As in, it, it, and I remember the discussion at the time going, well, why did you take the photo? It's yeah. like, shut up. Yeah. And um, what bothers me the most about that is that that is where a lot of the discussion started. And you're going, lads, let's go back to fixed it Ireland here. Let's not start the discussion there. The fact is, it exists. Whether or not you think it's appropriate for somebody to take a photo or a video of their own body, that's your own deal. They felt it appropriate, um, unless they were coerced to do that. And that's a whole other level, which which we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, But you don't get to have a moral judgment in terms of whether or not that content should have been created. It has been created. It is solely the responsibility of the person who shared that or uploaded that. Mm-hmm. Because the first question, if, you know, God forbid your house is broken into, everybody's not going, well, was the front door unlocked? It may be a valid question at some point in the investigation, but it's actually irrelevant. Whether or not your front door was wide open does not give somebody the right to come into your home and rob it exactly um yes i mean you're exactly i i'm thinking of you know my car insurance you know anything god forbid mm-hmm. happens to the car i mean they're open about it they'll be like right we don't want to pay you so here's the checklist was it parked on the street <laughs> did you have an immobilizer did you have a boot on the wheels did you have an armed guard around it at all times oh you didn't oh well i'll be knocking money off that then it's like mm-hmm. uh, what it was locked or in this case, it was on my phone, which is my private property. Someone got access yep. to that. So it's, you can throw theft into the crime as well here. Like you have stolen yeah. my image and distributed. Um, it's to go back, actually funny, no, to go back to the, the case of the young, uh, the young woman you were speaking about. I actually remember that because it was, infamous because i think they spoke mm-hmm. to us about it in school so i was still uh of school age don't lie you were graduating from college at that age i was teaching the class um <laughs> and, uh, so i really i do remember us being spoken about that specifically don't share this picture and i do remember mm-hmm. a lot of people not understanding why it was a problem that they they yeah. like i don't but what's the problem oh I, anything more than that, and I'm inventing memory. I, I just, I do remember yeah. people not realizing why that was a problem. Now it's, I can't mm. believe you wouldn't see why that's a problem. But at the time, mm. a lot of it was quite new, specifically to the age that we were. You know, recorded yeah. imagery has been With around as long as there have been. Stuff. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been, you know, pornographic because films. I remember, but I remember when I was in sixth class and we were taken um, on trips to the local secondary schools um, during the day. And I remember we went to um, a mixed school and um, 
we and I was coming from a single sex school, so we didn't know boys existed. Um, and we were walking upstairs to get upstairs. And we were told by the students who were bringing us around to be careful walking up the stairs because the boys are going to look up your skirt. So they wouldn't have. Yeah, I know. Problematic telling this to 11 and 12 year olds, problematic that it happened. And actually that it was on us to make sure that our skirts somehow couldn't be seen up when you were going upstairs, as opposed to it was the problem of the lads trying to hang under the stairs to see it. But because that was before uh, camera phones existed then, but not for not for kids, not for teenage, not for teenagers. But theoretically, it, it it was it was the beginnings of this new form of violence but we just didn't have the means for it at that moment so what happened was you and I grew up as the advent of that type of crime became possible and we were of an age where this isn't good enough you know it, it's on us but we we didn't understand it we didn't have the language and instead of those students commenting to us saying, oh, the boys are really awful and they shouldn't be doing this, but I'm just letting you know they might try. It was just a case of hold your skirt when you're walking upstairs because the boys are going to are going to try and look up. It, it reminds me of, I know you've said this before, but just today I saw it on the Fixed It Ireland thing. Um, protect your daughters, fix it, educate your sons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I mean, it, it is an, an act of sexual violence. Whether you touch the mm. person or not, it is an act of sexual yeah. violence. But more than that, it's a lot. Uh, I feel there can be so much ignorance behind it as well, as in mm. not understanding why the act is so potentially humiliating, damaging, hurtful. I'm specifically re- re- uh, talking about now when kids are doing this upskirt thing, mm. like not really understanding mm. how far reaching the damage can be. Um, mm-hmm. and that is fixed by education you know it's understanding what a personal boundary is understanding a person's own right to their own body that you shadowy person who was doing this you do not have the right to somebody else's body now this obviously unfortunately mm-hmm. goes back through all of our themes that we've spoken about in our episodes is thinking you have the right to someone else's body um, and mm-hmm. Like we really, really, really do need to educate children earlier than I think anyone's comfortable saying, because anyone, anyone at all who has access to a phone has access to the Internet. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, me aged nine or 10, I may not have a phone. Doesn't mean my friends don't. Yeah. And when you're getting filtered information that of course you don't understand because you were a nine or 10 year old. Um, that is just, it just builds and builds. I mean, I know because I was exposed to this kind of information as a child, you know, I knew, mm. I knew how sex worked long before I knew mm. what sex was. Yeah. Um, and of course I was far too embarrassed to ask my mom and dad, mm. you know, any of these questions um myself and my sister like many teenagers we hated each other until the second we graduated and now we're like besties besties um i love your sister oh my sister's great kira you're (laughs) awesome um but i just i didn't know who to go to where to seek education Mm. i wouldn't have thought of it now this is 
Okay, well, where, I was 10 in the late 90s. So 1800s. Uh, I believe we had just mastered fire. Um, we, mm-hmm. we were still a ways off speech, but uh, we had mastered fire at this point. Um, and education probably would have helped me a lot. Um, now, my nephews are in their early teens. They've had access to everything mm. since birth, nearly. But, yeah, you know, so w- at what age do we start to educate kids? And you will have, you'll hear uproar about the idea of teaching sexual responsibility or at least the scientific nature, if you like, of, you know, your body and consent. You know, like, oh, you couldn't possibly teach a child that. Oh, you'll only warp their minds. Like, you really think they're not being exposed to imagery that's not going to warp their minds? Also, it doesn't have to be coming from a place of sexual understanding at that age. Like literally last night, I was chatting to a friend of mine and her child was there and her child would be two and a half. And I came into the room and she said, um, oh, I said hi to her. And she said, oh, say hi to Carol. And she went very, now she knows me, but she went very shy. Um and she kind of looked at her mom and looked away. And her mom said, that's OK if you don't want to say hi now. Maybe you'll feel like saying hi in a few minutes. And that automatically. And of course, then a couple of minutes later, she was chatting away and all the rest of it. But that was a conversation about consent. And about what you're comfortable with. The fact of the matter is she was shy when I walked in. She hasn't seen me in a while. She didn't want to say hi then. Her mom reassured her saying, you don't have to say it now if you wouldn't like to. That's okay." And then she was fine. Instead of being forced into something that she wasn't comfortable with, it took her a few minutes to be comfortable with me in the room. And that's grand. So when people say, oh, you know, you can't, God forbid, you teach children consent and we can't. it, It doesn't have to have an inappropriate level of um, introducing sex to children. You can do it in other ways so that they grow up then knowing, no, I'm, I'm comfortable in saying no to whatever it is, be it taking an image, be it, you know, be it sharing your sweets, I don't know, whatever it is. At every age, you feel comfortable saying yes and no based on knowing your personal, knowing what you're comfortable with. And then, you know, it can, you build on it that way, as opposed to not understanding these things at all, you know? And so, yeah, that, that's what I always say to people who, who give out about the concept of, of consent from such a young age. And I think last night was a perfect example of how it can work appropriately. Uh, like, as long as, as long as you can understand that it's okay for you to feel a certain way, when you're very, very young, because the older, the older we get, we go become such a bag of hormones and emotions and this and that and shame, because every few seconds you look at something that tells you you're not skinny enough, you're not thick enough, you know, you're Mm -hmm. not this, you're not that. And again, you're exposed to that in everything. I love the MCU. The MCU is exposing that to children. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Look at Mm -hmm. Captain America. Mm -hmm. That's what boys are to aspire to. Look at Black Widow. That's what girls are to aspire to, you know, and then Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But I didn't I didn't feel very comfortable right now. Okay, well, we'll talk to you in a little while then. Okay, I feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. now. Great. 
if that has a snowball effect of when she then encounters that with somebody else and realizes that somebody else is that's okay you come to me when you're ready Mm -hmm. you know pay it forward um yeah to to i suppose to to come back to the the idea of revenge porn itself Mm -hmm. um there is there's not so much an implied violence as it is a very overt violence in yeah it's power and violence absolutely um that what what so in terms of say a full hardcore sex video the images mm-hmm. on screen might have been made consensually but the sharing of them wasn't mm-hmm. um yeah and people can hide behind yeah but she's loving it i was like so she didn't know mm-hmm. she either didn't know she was being recorded that could be the first thing she did know she was being mm-hmm. recorded and thought it was for private use and anything outside the two of them you know it's like and if you're if you're watching that video and it falls under the first two of them i mean you're engaging in the theft of an incredibly personal intimate moment and mm-hmm. i just find it i don't want to i don't want to reduce it to something simple but i just find it really gross that you would sit there and look at that and even if we look at the the actual law in ireland now so there are they've created um two separate criminal offenses for the making or sharing of intimate images that cause harm so the first intent to cause harm so the first more serious offense is distributing publishing or threatening to distribute or publish an intimate image without consent and with the intent to cause harm or being reckless as to whether harm is caused knowing but not necessarily intending for harm to be caused this is sometimes known as revenge porn right so if you're found guilty of this you um face a maximum prison term of 12 months and a fine but if then if it goes on to the circuit court you could um go to prison for seven years then the second is no specific intent to cause harm right so the second less serious offense is recording distributing or publishing an intimate image without consent even if there was no specific intent to cause harm this offense would cover situation situations such as sharing intimate images of someone you do not know for example you may receive an intimate image of a person you do not know in a social media message if you republish that image without the permission of the subject you could be liable for prosecution under this offense even if you did not intend to cause harm to the person in the image Um, and there's a maximum prison sentence of 12 months for that one as well and i think that's important to recognize that there are that the act of just passing it on is just, I mean, is it just as problematic? I mean, you didn't steal it in the first place, but it is incredibly problematic. And actually, there's a really, really, really good play called Girls Like That by Evan Placey, um, who actually my fourth years last year did um, performed it as their their. Um, final show and it was amazing um and i'm pretty sure there's a version of the play a british version of the play on available on youtube so you can watch the whole thing there um but girls like that is really really good at explaining and exploring all of the issues 
for teenage girls and boys around the sharing of these images and the whole concept of the girls like that is that you don't want to be seen as a girl like that you know girls like that do this girls like that and I don't want to be a girl like that and there's several lines in the play where they're talking about but sure if I don't share it someone else will oh sure it doesn't matter if I delete it or if I don't sure it's out there anyway and it does matter I mean obviously particularly with with under 17s it matters because it is spreading of 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 child pornography but also it matters because every person can can help to make a difference if if we all held the attitude that everyone's going to share it so it doesn't matter if I share it then everyone is sharing it whereas if you stop and say I'm not sharing it um, and if everybody had that thought then it wouldn't be shared you know it's I mean this sounds very very trite but it takes mm. a village. Yeah. You know, like if enough people can say, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not doing that. Or I don't want to be a part of that. Then this can actually help. There is in a way that, so the phrase I'm about to use was actually intended in quite a positive. It, it, it's from a, a different, um, a different setting altogether, but the language fits here. So voyeurism is participation now that can be a in a in a separate thing i I just want to stress the person who wrote that it was talking about something else altogether but just to use those words for a second that Mm. if hey look at this picture you know you are participating in the spread Mm -hmm. you know you might not have to hit forward but i've looked at it oh yeah that's great and and that is what's first. You can be passively party to a crime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the reasons that I like to discuss it as image-based violence instead of revenge porn is because, as I said at the start, we have this idea that, you know, the actual act of revenge porn is about the score index, posting it online and all of that. And we like to separate that from, oh, I was just sharing a photo in a lads group or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and it's really important that we don't do that because that is just as bad. And actually, this is where I'm going to quote myself. So if you bear with me, um, I, I use a couple of examples from, um, from things that happen in UCD. So, um, and I'm reading my own work here and you can find my PhD if you Google me. Um, on February 3rd, 2016, one of UCD's student newspapers, the College Tribune, published an article entitled 200 in Facebook chat sharing and rating photos of girls. This article alleged that a private Facebook group chat containing as many as 200 active members had been active in UCD. This was a platform allegedly specifically designed for members to share stories and rate photographs of female students they have slept with. While no physical evidence was found to prove the existence of this group, it follows on from the misogynist UCD face group shut down in 2015 in titles Girls I'd Shift If I Was Tipsy and showing how revenge porn and misogynist online forums are rampant among the student body of Ireland's largest university. It also clearly demonstrates that these groups are established to target women disproportionately. This displays a general acceptance of rape culture on campus as normative. Internet access and social media also has a very real impact on the physical safety of women in public. 
the mass sexual assault attacks on women in Cologne, Germany on New Year's Eve 2015, along with other European cities, exemplify rape culture in action and show that the kind of organization needed to achieve such horrific acts is made, made much easier through the use of internet and social media. And I just want to go down to another bit there where I was talking about um, that group. Oh, yeah. So um, the report that was done into that um, 200, the, the article that about 200 girls in Facebook chat or 200 in Facebook chat says the report stated that no evidence of such group had been found and no one came forward to admit to either being a part of the group or of having their photos shared without consent. It's imperative to note that the findings of this report do not categorically prove that it never existed. The thread could have been deleted and no evidence suggested that the university contacted Facebook to see if there was any trace left of the group. The college registrar at the time, I'm not sure if he still is, Mark Rogers, stated on publication of the results of the investigation that he, quote, is not so naive as to believe that the university community is immune to this type of activity. If you have been affected by the inappropriate sharing of private information on social media, the student advisors and wider university support services are available to you. In addition, if you see illicit and or explicit material on university related sites, you should immediately bring this to the attention of the university authorities or on guard Shiaqana. So the implication from this statement is that although the investigation was inconclusive, the group may still have existed and that revenge porn may be prevalent among the UCD student body. Um, and just then, based on this then, right, and I, I think this is an important point to make afterwards. So this report came out saying that um, basically there was no definitive proof that it did exist, but that doesn't mean it didn't exist, right? Wait you hear this. So despite the, this likelihood of the existence of revenge porn culture stemming from contemporary rape culture in UCD, once the results of the investigations were made public, online commenters on articles relating to the incident violently condemned those who believed the allegations to be true. Examples of this kind of language used throughout these kinds of common threads include, quote, can we have 10 articles this week about the lies that were spread by feminist interlopers? Quote, do colleges still need the, those permission classes leads me to doubt Trinity's survey conducted about people claiming sexual assault. And quote, so it never happened. There'll be a lot of disappointed, angry feminists. How will they whinge about horrible men now? Yeah, I can see your face in your hands. So, I mean, I know this is a few years ago, but also just two weeks ago, I want to say it was two weeks ago, um, and you'll find this online if you Google it. So the report on the National Survey of Student Experiences of Sexual Violence and Harassment in Higher Education Institutions, along with the report on the National Survey of Staff Experiences of Sexual Violence and Harassment in Irish um, HEIs. They were both published only about two weeks ago. Um, and I mean, I've been making my way through the report. You know, we may think, oh, well, this UCD thing I've just quoted was, was five years ago. If you read these reports and look at how many students and especially female students are still experiencing harassment or sexual violence on campus, you know, the attitudes have not changed that massively. So I would argue in relating all of this back to revenge porn that you might want to think about it as this thing that seedy awful men do online. 
But Sean, we were in UCD for long enough. We definitely know people who were in those kind of groups. We definitely know people who've, who've shared those kind of photos and thinking that it's banter, that it's crack, that it's whatever it is. And oh, sure, look at this girl I've just left and I'll post her photo here. Thankfully, you are now a criminal. You, you actually weren't at the time. You are now definitively a criminal. But also, you are directly making this worse you, you know like you are adding to this problem you're not just complicit you are adding to this problem you're making it actively worse i've been ranting and quoting for several moments now <laughs> i shall digress <laughs> that's 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 just quite right see that's the thing this stuff needs to be said you know and people need to hear this um and then on top yeah. of that people need to listen you can hear and not listen people need to listen yeah um and it's in a way just i suppose to make the point again the pay it forward idea of sometimes sometimes and i will i will speak for myself here okay maya culpa Mm -hmm. you will go i could have the conversation but have i the time and the energy right now and you sort of, you might let mm. something go. You might make, you know, you might be a part of a joke that is not funny. You might, you know, hear something being mm. said that is not okay. And you catch yourself going, mm. and again, sorry, no, I'm not deflecting. And I might catch myself going, I don't have the energy. Or I don't have the time. Mm. Or I don't have the headspace. Mm. In a way, what I am saying is that we should always call these out every single time mm. that we hear it. But also... I am realistic. There is going to be times where it's just like, I, just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's just try and key myself into don't take part in the joke. Don't pass mm. the joke on. This is when it's jokes now. Then never mind the next yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't pass it on. Don't be a party to that. Now, that mm. might be the first step. The next thing is that if you somehow or if I somehow end up in a position where I am sent something that is quite clearly non-consensual, I go, what the hell are you doing? Mm. I call it out straight away. But what are you, what are you doing? Have you thought about what you are doing here? Um, yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Um, because I don't always get it right. Mm. Um, and there are, I, I have made decisions I regret. But, uh, but look, we all have. Like, we, we all have. And it is very difficult to consistently call something out for that. I mean, maybe that's why I'm so highly strung all the time. Um, but it, it is hard. But what I'm trying to do, what I've always been trying to do, is connect the dots here. And, you know, if you're listening to this, particularly if you're a guy can you honestly say that you've never received an image or taken an image or sent an image or known of an image that deep down you can tell yourself what you want but that deep down you knew shouldn't have been shared can you honestly say that you haven't engaged in that and I would genuinely I would really say that of the I don't know what we want to say 16 to 40 age group not that it doesn't happen outside of that but I think that's primarily what we're talking about um 
I, I think that that if they were to answer that question, honestly, you know, they would have to say that, no, they have seen it. I mean, even like I know my husband has left WhatsApp groups in work um, over the years because he just couldn't listen to or look at or whatever um, the nonsense that was being shared. And I remember at one point he was in one for a job at the time and he had the setting on WhatsApp where, you know, the way there was a really irritating setting that automatically downloaded photos to your phone if they were put into, like if somebody sent oh, it to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. And um, he was looking at his phone one day and I think we were looking at photos together and all of a sudden there was an image of, of, of a woman in, and I was like, what? And he was like, oh my God, you know, this is automatically downloaded itself. And if, if anybody listening going, yeah, sure. No, like I know that that was the case. Um, and again, you know my husband well. I was just want to say, like, like listen, I can case. vouch for for David here. Like, yeah, um, and like, like in and, a way, like, and yeah, he was going, okay. I have to leave this group. You know, I can't, I can't cope with with seeing this kind of crap. Like, it's it's everywhere, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Stop thinking that that revenge porn is this far off topic that doesn't affect you. It does. And this is how it does. Do you know what I mean? Um, what I what I want to just take a second to say as well is that there is no, a distinction. You're not allowed. Your second is up. I'm going to start talking again. And thank you very much. <laughs> there is a distinction between uh, mm-hmm. the sharing of imagery and revenge porn and, if you like, traditional pornography. There is a difference. Yeah. You know, to say I I am not saying that people who engage in or enjoy pornography are committing a crime or party to crime. Uh, obviously, that's an enormous thing. But just in in its basis mm-hmm. level, I am mm-hmm. like I am saying, if anyone listening to this is going, oh my god, I'm being so judged because I watched porn. No, that is not what no. I'm saying. Um, no, I have now. I have incredibly strong feelings on pornography and the book that I referenced possibly in the first episode Pimp State um, Cat mm. Barnyard read that book um, and be ethical in watching your porn if 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 you so choose but no that's not what this is if somebody creates content themselves for profit or not for profit for whatever reason and they choose to upload it or put it online or whatever that is a very 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 different thing than the sharing of images without consent that, and and that is it. And I think I, I hope, I hope that, you know, it, it is straightforward enough for people to make the distinction, but maybe it isn't. And so if anyone just was hanging, oh my God, I can never bloody watch anything again. Not the case, but have the wherewithal to research where images are coming from, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are there are sites online that make that hard. Mm-hmm. There are like, it's not that every single video on certain sites might be illegal, or but the problem is that some are not made consensually. Yeah, and then for a consumer, it can be difficult to tell the difference because mm-hmm. one might look exactly like the next one down on the list, and that is difficult. So have the wherewithal to do a little bit of research into what you consume. And for those out there that might roll their eyes and go, I don't put that much thought into what I watch. But quite frankly, you should. Do. 
yeah <laughs> do it's the least you can bloody do you want to learn how to stop being complicit do your homework do your research do better and that's it and then quite frankly and at the risk of pushing us into adult content here for a moment quite frankly you can relax and enjoy yourself more when you have a better idea that what you are consuming potentially was enjoyed in the making of it as much you are enjoying mm -hmm. it in the consuming of it yeah um when there is a question of that i mean well you see i would honestly say that if you feel yourself responsible enough to consume adult content then you should be responsible enough to make sure that it's it's ethically or morally sound what you're watching do you know what i mean like there's responsibilities to everything that that's how life works i get paid my wages and it is my responsibility to make sure that i pay my bills and for survive or whatever it is that money is given to me for work I do you know and then I have a responsibility to use that it's it's it's, it's the, the world is based on responsibility you have privileges you have access to things and you you engage with them in a responsible manner like just 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 do better honestly I, I've no time for that nonsense I mean yes but it it like actually many things we've discussed this evening, so many decisions go into basically any of our actions in, in any form or another. Mm -hmm. So let one of those decisions be. Oh, I was going to have a decision or understanding or whatever is what I am doing harmful. Yeah. You know, and let it be that if it is decide not to do it. Yeah. And and I would argue, and I know we touched on this before we started recording, um, from what I have seen, I do not have all the answers. I, I don't know everything here. But from what I have seen, that new show, I want to say it's on Disney Plus, the Pam and Tommy one. Yeah, I think it Pam might even Anderson. be called Pam and Tommy. Yes. Yeah. Sebastian yeah, Stan yeah. and Lily Collins. Right. Yeah, from what I have seen, Pamela Anderson has come out saying that she wasn't consulted in terms of the production of that. And she has asked people not to watch it because for her, it's triggering, it's bringing about bad memories. So for, for any of you who don't know, the show centers around the true story of a sex tape from her and um, Tommy Lee's uh, honeymoon being leaked. Um, and she has asked people not to watch that show so don't watch the show you, you know what I mean like research around these things think see what's what's going on in in the the discourse around these things and although it was the sort of show I don't know I may have thrown on because it was the hot new high budget show or whatever after seeing what I've seen of of her words I won't watch it I won't support it do you know Hmm. I mean, if, if the subject of the piece says this was done against my consent or without my consent. Yeah. Why would. OK, I'm not naive. Why I'm going to say, why would you want to? I I'm not naive in that. I know that will make it more appealing to some Titulating people. to some people. Yeah. Um, which is that's its own issues. Um, yeah. But. Just listen 
to people when they say mm-hmm. this is effect you might think sitting in i i live in in wexford in ireland you know i might think that sitting in wexford in ireland and watching something has absolutely nothing harmful no knock on effects it doesn't do anything but then i am contributing to the success of something that deeply affected her upset her and she's asked us not to watch it so who am mm. i to go yeah well i'm just gonna ignore that i want to watch also, something exactly also as we've touched on before um i think when we were talking about man open i was talking about the the lads mags campaigns and you gotta hit people in the pocket right so if everybody consumes this and watches it and it's very highly streamed and popular or whatever production companies will go okay let's create more content in this vein you know um whereas if we say actually we're not going to watch this then people won't do it in the same way that say you know somebody stealing images of particularly say celebrities that happened a couple of years ago if they make money off stealing those images and putting them out to the public they will do it again if they steal those images and nobody has any interest, nobody wants to go there, nobody wants to consume that content. Well, it doesn't make a lot of sense as a thief to do that again. Do you know what I mean? So we need to think of, we need to, to, to act with our pockets and you may think, oh yeah, I'm just sitting here watching it. What difference does it make? Your vote, your acceptance, your watching, whatever it is, becomes a part of the statistic that shows how popular or unpopular something is and will add to the value of it being reproduced or more content like that created, you know? And I know, like, actually I saw a post earlier today and it was like um, a picture of like an oil tanker um, flowing into the ocean and said, I'll make sure I do my bit today by not getting a straw in Starbucks, hashtag climate change or whatever. Like, I, I get that people feel insignificant um a lot of the time but it goes back to what i was saying about what's happening in the play you saying oh but i don't matter if i share it or if i don't if i consume it or if i don't it doesn't matter if enough people say i'm not going to consume it i'm not going to share it then it will matter it's yeah like as 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 you have said there are how many Movies, television series, just like remove that for a second. How many movies, how many television series have flopped because no one watched them? So let's weaponize that here. Don't watch it. There's no reason to watch it. You know, if you want to know the story behind it, ask them. You know, I I realize that is a bit reductive, but, you know, this is. (laughs) Yeah. Let Uh, me know. Hit uh, me up. Tommy Mielflower, are you well? Um, but it's, you know, like it is by its very nature, a sensationalized piece of fiction, Yeah, you know, based on, based on events. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think we need to comment on here as well. And I know we're going down the not all men trope and blah, blah, blah. What? No, we're not. I fully accept that images are taken and shared without consent of men. Absolutely. And I fully admit that women share them. 
but the vast, vast, vast majority statistic after study after statistics, that is difficult to say in a row. <laughs> it's been a long day. But the statistics show that it is primarily content of women being leaked and being shown. Also, this is interesting, when it is images, say if we take the, the Pam and Tommy thing or the Kim Kardashian sex tape, and I think it says a lot that I can't remember the name of the man who was involved in that. Ray when J. It but, is, yeah, that's something came up yeah, recently there we in the go. media about that. So, um, When it is a sex tape, even it being a, con- a consensual one that was created for private consumption or whatever, when it is of a heterosexual couple, who gets so shamed? Who gets called out? Mm-hmm. It's always the woman. It's never the male partner. Uh, just sorry, as you say again, it's Pamela Anderson sex tape. No, it's Pam and Tommy. Yeah, you know, but it's sorry, you, you made Hilton. the point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, the just the reason, sorry, that Ray J popped into my head there is that only recently, I believe, allegedly for fear of being sued, uh, Kanye uh, intimated that there was a second tape. And Ray J came out on his Twitter and said, Would you stop this, please? I have children too. And that's that's all it yeah. was. It was just, and yeah. that's not to say that it was harder on one or harder on the other or or this or that. It's just these these things, these are not victimless crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just have an article open here. Um, I just about specifically about uh, the Pam and Tommy series. Uh, apparently, uh, Tommy Lee supported the series. Uh, I'm going to make a judgment for a second. I don't know mm-hmm. what the uh, situation is behind that. Whereas, yes, Pamela was uh, against it from the beginning. Uh, it just says, Director Craig Gillespie of I, Tonya is very sympathetic to Anderson and presents the release of the tape as a cruel violation of her vi- privacy, privacy and consent. But also, without much apology, participates in and extends that violation. It condemns the men who used Anderson's sexuality to profit without her permission at her expense. And then it uses Anderson's sexuality without her permission and arguably at her expense. Mm. Um, and just that is a, an NBC News article. I'll post the link to that in the description mm-hmm. of or in the our weekly reading list. Um, clearly, in a way, this this issue can be fixed in the simplest way ever. Don't share anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just, just don't do it. Don't participate. Don't share anything. That's not going to stop the creation of these images, of these videos. That's. But there's nothing wrong with the creation of it. As long as everyone's consensual. Created. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If it's unconsensual, that falls straight away into other crimes. Well, yeah. just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we can do, every one of us, is just do not be a party to this. Do not take part yeah. in the sharing of images in the consumption of images. Um, I am not saying no person can ever look at pornography again in their life, but as you said as well, be ethical. Have a mm-hmm. Take a second, ask, is this consensual? And look, I can assure you all who are uh, watching porn and going, I couldn't possibly stop long enough to think, yes, you can. Grow up. Grow up frankly do you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like life is about choices and responsibilities just get over get over yourself I, the, 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 it's just not a valid argument it isn't it isn't it's not good enough um so right i think that potentially brings us up to 
the end of this episode. This is this this was a big one, and this is potentially something that might mm. be revisited in a later episode because yeah. there is an awful lot to this. So if yeah. if anything that has been said in this episode has uh, sparked a memory or sparked something that you would like to contribute or to speak about, please you can get in touch with us uh, on Twitter. You can reach out, uh, Carol. What is your Twitter to handle you. there? Oh, you know, to me as well. I go, is non-existent. God, no, I don't do Twitter. I, you're so right. I just, I'm so keyed to say Twitter. Good pressure for angry feminists. Oh my no. goodness. Sorry. All right. Well, Twitter at Sean Ferrick. You can reach out to me. All right. Mm-hmm. Instagram is, I uh, believe, another app. Sorry about that. Complete Tis mind fart. Because, because I just watch cute videos on Instagram and pretend the world is a beautiful place. Yep. Works for me. So, yeah, well, so what, what is the Instagram handle? Yeah. Well, yes. So if you have any cute dog um, content, you can send it to me at at Carol Quigley. Great. Um, And I will check all of the apps at some point or another. And sure, who knows where you send something to, I might find it. Be grand. Um, Look after yourselves. And you promise you'll write an intro for next week. Will you write your intro? Seem to be losing coverage here now. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Funny oh, that. yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, sorry, sorry, Dr. Quigley, if, uh, if I use your full title when I run. Uh, yes, I will write. I absolutely <laughs> will write an intro for next week, he says. It's on know. recording now. Whoops. Forgot to hit recording for the whole episode. <laughs> uh, right. Everyone who's listening, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.